Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, you ready for some football? We got a special treat for you. I had a chance to sit down and talk with uh, Bucks coach Todd Bowles, not just about this year, which is interesting, all that they got going on, of course, with the new quarterback Baker Mayfield, the new offensive coordinator Dave Canales, but really going back to last season and just what all went down. I mean, Todd Bowles was hired on March thirtieth. Um, didn't have a chance to really hire any of his assistants, more or less, inherited or did inherit. Bruce Arians' staff also inherited Bruce Arians, who was the assistant to the general manager and very present, omnipresent, if you will, in his golf cart, riding around as he always did at practice. And, um, you know, we can go through the season and, and I'll tell you uh, a little bit about, about what he said. But you're going to hear that interview uh, with Todd Bowles coming up in just a minute. I, I, I'll give you my impressions first um, as we go into this a little bit. And that is that. I think we all kind of knew, you know, when this thing was handed over, there, there was some weirdness, and I, I still haven't really gotten the whole story in terms of Tom Brady coming back, then Bruce bowing out, you know, et cetera. Um, and, and, again, you know, what, I've talked to Bruce many times about it, and he insists he was just trying to keep, you know, uh, 30-something families together of his assistant coaches and, and leave Todd Bowles with a chance to win a Super Bowl. Which is, if you have Tom Brady, you got a chance. And so um, I guess that all made sense at the time. But what we all know now uh, that we, we probably knew then but didn't say was this. That basically Todd Bowles was kind of given somebody else's family to raise. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you, you move in. The kids are there, the wife is there, and you're supposed to just take over the house. And that's not the easiest thing to do because the routine is already set. The die was already cast. They brought back all these 30-something-year-old players. They re-signed Ryan Jensen, who ultimately never got to play until the last wildcard game. Um, They were running it back for the second year in a row because they thought Tom was retired, he unretired, and here you are with a template that's not going to change, Right. Tom Brady's going to run the same offense, and that offense is Bruce Arians' offense with with many adjustments and modifications, obviously, but it's what he'd been doing the two previous years. Um, your coaches are your coaches. Your offensive coordinator is Byron Leftwich. Um, you know, your quarterback's coach is Clyde Christensen. I mean, nothing is changing there. You, you're in charge of the defense still. So while you're the head coach, you're electing to still maintain your own responsibilities on that side of the ball. And the players aren't the same. They're a year older. And in football, it's hard to describe this. You know how, like, I don't know, what are dog years? One dog year is like eight years to humans or something like seven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to football players, it's that way too. In that if your average career is somewhere around four years or maybe even shy of that, I'm not sure. The longer guys play, uh, a year in, in, in the life of an NFL player is a lot. 
okay, because they leave pieces of them from Minneapolis to Buffalo, you know, wherever they play. And it is, you know, it's a war of attrition out there. And, and, and what they're selling is their body. What they're selling is their physical, mostly physical, but also mental skills, but mostly physical body. That's, that's, their, that's their meal ticket. You know, how fast can they run? How high can they jump? How good are their hands? How big are they, uh, you know, on the offensive line? How, how can they move and block 300-pound men? And so every year that goes by, it exacts an enormous toll. And these, these, you know, these seasons keep getting longer. They keep adding games. It's 17 regular season games now. You only get one bye week. Um, you know, it's a lot. And that's before you get, you know, through the preseason, which is now three games. So up to 20, and then you get the postseason on top of that. And then you got the OTAs, the offseason workout program, uh, mandatory mini camp, rookie mini camps. They're playing a lot of football. And football, for the most part, is a contact sport. I know they've taken a lot of that out. But this football team from the Super Bowl year of 2020, when they had a lot of veteran players, to last year in 2022, had aged a lot. Right, not just in years; they age age two years uh, as we travel around the sun. But some of these players, and you'll hear Todd Bowles speak to this. Uh, they were gassed. It was, you know, they had a team where very few of their stars, with some exceptions, could even practice at the end of the year. You know. They were doing walkthroughs. They were not practicing at all. They were showing up and playing on Sunday. They were just trying to get from Sunday to the next Sunday. And that that's a tough way to win. And if you're a coach and you know that, it's also tough to understand, you know, what you're supposed to do different. Now I think the other the other thing, and it kind of begins with this, is you know, Bowles had a keen recognition of what he was inheriting, and that was everything, right? that was sort of i i might have my own way of my own handprint or i might want to put do this or do that different other than defensively there really wasn't much he could do and you'll hear me talk to him about you know holding people accountable and he insists that he did and maybe he did cuz i'm not in every meeting but it seems to me like most of the accountability came after the season when he let go of nine assistant coaches but during the season, think about the dynamic. I mean, where they where they fell down, especially on offense, was the running game or the lack of one. And, you know, Byron Leftwich, for the most part, the last, well, every year he was with Bruce Arians, he was the game planner. Like, people don't believe it. It's like, well, it's Bruce's offense. And, and Bruce, you know, yeah, but Byron did the game planning. And the last three seasons with Tom Brady, it was really Tom and Byron. Now, who do you think had the biggest influence there? Is Byron left? Is Byron Leftwich telling Tom Brady what to do? I mean, to some extent, Tom's a people pleaser, and he's going to try as he did when he came in. He tried to learn this offense. It wasn't like Peyton Manning had brought his whole offense out to Denver and said, "All oh, you guys got to learn my my deal." You know, Tom Tom incorporated their language, all that stuff, and then and then slowly after, during that Super Bowl year when they were seven and five they started to incorporate more and more until it became a Tom Brady offense. But but the offense system, you know, spreading them out, a lot of verticals. Uh, 
you know, with Tom, they threw it. Well, he threw the most passes his final two years of his career uh, than any quarterback in the game. I mean, this guy's 42, 43 years old, and he's, you know, dropping back 700 and, you know, 30-something times his last season. So it was a pass-heavy offense, right? 50, sometimes 60 passes a game. And that drove Bulls crazy, too. Drive a lot of defensive coordinators crazy because you go three and out, they're back on the field. Um, but but you weren't going to change that, you know? And I think there's this perception, and I had it, too, that, like, well, look, you're the head coach. If you want to run the damn ball, tell them to run the damn ball, you know? But that's not really how it works, right, when you go into the week and there's got to be a process. Somebody has to draw the scripts. Somebody has to game plan, right? Todd Bowles knows offense because he defends them every day. But he's not going to get in there and, and, you know, try to game plan against another opponent when he's calling the defense. You have to have some trust. He had other offensive coaches that were involved, but not to the extent that Byron was. And, and furthermore, Tom and Byron had a really good relationship. You know, this is the other thing that's it's kind of after the interview, I, I started thinking about it, and that is, you know, why didn't you fire Byron Leftwich if you didn't like the job he was doing? And I think, and it wasn't stated explicitly, but I, I think it was, well, you accept that we're going to do everything we have done, which is Byron is Tom's coordinator. Now, also understand this. What was Tom going through that final year? Personally, there was an awful lot of stuff, right, with the divorce that was impending. There are now more than just coaches in that room, in that quarterback's room. These are now, you know, sort of like anchors for him, you know, something to grab onto as he's in this free fall personally, whether that's his, you know, Blaine Gabbert and, and guys in the room. Certainly Byron Lepwich is, is part of that company. Do you really want during the season with what Tom was going through and dealing with to tell him, hey, sorry, your buddy here that you won a Super Bowl with that you've grown pretty close with, forget about what he thinks of him as a coach. Well, we're, yeah, we're going to fire him. Don't you think Tom would have to have a say in that before that could happen? Absolutely he would. And so I think that in so many ways, and you'll hear Todd Bowles talk about sort of how – you know, with all the outside forces, he was handcuffed, you know, and that's a difficult position to put anybody in. It's like, Hey, congratulations. You get to reach your dream. Once again, you're a head coach in the national football league. Oh, by the way, you can't really do anything, but sort of run it the way it's been run the last couple of years. And Oh, by the way, just for point of reference, the first year that they ran it this way, they won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Won it all, okay? The next year, they were back in the playoffs as division champions and had a comeback for the ages in the divisional playoff game after beating the Eagles in the wild card and looked like they were headed to overtime until a cataclysmic collapse by who? Todd Bowles' defense, which allowed Matt Gay to kick the field goal, and the Rams played in the NFC Championship game. Had they won that game and they did everything they could to try to win it, after falling way behind, they'd have hosted the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo for the NFC Championship. And I, I submit to you, Tom Brady wasn't losing to Jimmy Garoppolo that year and would have probably gone back to yet another Super Bowl. So it had worked. My point is, this had always been what had worked for three for two seasons, and now you're going to try to get a third. But 
it wasn't the same. And one of the chief reasons was Bruce Arians wasn't coaching anymore. He was out there. He was around, maybe to Bowles' detriment. But he wasn't fixing things. And you'll hear Todd Bowles talk about that. So it's a uh, it's a very insightful. I'll say this about Todd Bowles. Uh, and I know you know you get one image of him on the podium after pro, you know post games and press conferences that we do during the week, and 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 he's not, you know, he's not incredibly revealing um, or animated, but one on one, and in meetings and stuff, uh, you'll hear this in the interview. He's fantastic. Like he he's as honest as he can be, and uh, I appreciate the candor that he that he. Uh, that he uses, uh, and, and, and allowed me to, you know, in on sort of what was going around and also the plan for this year and what that's going to look like and why the change he believes is the right one and why it's going to work. And you'll hear about how long ago Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield really hit it off. And how alike they are. And, and it'll surprise you because they definitely have, you know, outwardly different personalities. Uh, but there had there had been a sort of a connection there when Todd Bowles was with the Jets and they had the third overall pick. Of course, Baker went number one to Cleveland that year, but he did his work on him, went out to Oklahoma, spent time with him. And he had an opinion of Baker Mayfield that hasn't changed. And and he'll you'll hear why he thinks that uh, right now he's the best quarterback uh, with Dave Canales for this football team. And no, they're not conceding the NFC South. Um, oh, and by the way, there's only been eight division championships, and they've been playing football here with the Buccaneers since like 1976. That's not a lot if I do the math, and I don't want to do math, but it's it's not a hell of a lot. And Todd Bowles has one of those. And you can say, yeah, but it was a losing season. He he believes that if they'd have played their starters against Atlanta, they were winning. They could have won that football game. Even at 8-10, and 10, you don't give the banner back, right? Um, unfortunately, they weren't able to follow that up because there just wasn't an, enough juice left. But you don't dismiss the fact that they won the division, and he's not conceding it again this year. Look at the teams they're playing. Um, they think they can be competitive in this division. And so you'll hear him talk about, you know, just where he thinks they, they stand for this season. We'll get to my conversation with Todd Bowles here in just one second. But first, you know it's hurricane season because we just had one. Uh, but the good news is you can keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's with solar battery backup power. There is no fuel cost to run it, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs. And May Electric Solar, our sponsor, offers a 15-year warranty on their solar battery backup. Plus, Solar battery backup saves you hundreds of dollars each month. If you lose power, a generator can cost over $2,000 a week just to run. Solar battery backup systems qualify for a 30% tax credit for new systems or for adding a battery to your existing M-Phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup or to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. You know what you are as a franchise and as a head coach, but I mean, this is the, this is a hard needle to thread in the NFL. Teams get to your position, uh, if they're lucky enough to win a Super Bowl and you brought back a lot of guys, now you're $50 million over the salary cap, but you still have plenty of players with, with lots of tread on the tires and, and pedigree and they've won a Super Bowl. 
But, you know, the quarterback is retired and, and you're, 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 you're kind of between a veteran and a young guy. You've been there before. Yeah. With, with, the, with the Jets, the very same place. I mean, with that, not without the Super Bowl. Um, how difficult is that spot in the NFL to try to, you know, we, we hope this, this, this quarterback, you know, hits it. We hope, you know, if not the young guys, like, how difficult I, is that to do? I think my first time it was difficult because I didn't know. This time around, it's not difficult at all. I think mm. the first time you try to imitate what you had, which is exactly yeah, you, the wrong thing. You don't have it. Right? You don't have it, and you try to imitate it, and it doesn't look good at all. Yeah. And now, as a older, I've been old, but as an older <laughs> head coach, you, you kind of know that even though you have a lot of the same guys back, your team changes, and you have to change with it. Mm. You have to make sure it fits who they are and what they are. And I thought I was real careful about that this time around. So, mm-hmm. And it's not about who replaces Tom. It's about who can run this offense right. better. Right. There's nobody's going to replace Tom. I right. keep saying that Tom, Tom is, no, you don't fill his shoes, you go out and get a new pair. Yeah. You, know, you, yeah. Got, you go yeah. out and get a new pair of shoes. Yeah. They're going to look different. They're going to feel different. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't win with them. Yeah. They're not going to have his fanfare. They're not going to have his... Experience all experience that. all that, but nobody is. Right. I don't care who he bought it. He's a unicorn. Yeah. So we got a different offense, and we change. We have to win different ways. We're not going to win throwing the ball sixty something times, right. but right. we're not going to win the ball running it forty five times either. Right. Right. You got to be able to be a quarterback when it's time to be a quarterback, but you have to know the offense well enough mm-hmm. to understand when you can and when you can't, and the coaches have to know that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of quarterback and his coaching as well. And they do a good job in practice of bringing everybody along to where they know how to play. And with the guys we have that have Super Bowl experience and the new guys coming in, you really want to tweak it the right way mm-hmm. and make sure those guys catch up in a hurry so they can play with the older guys on Sunday. So yeah. that's why they get a lot of playing time. Yeah. A year ago, you didn't get this job to March 30th, and uh, I, I talked to Bruce and he says, I think I hurt Todd by being around too much. I was here. I was in a golf cart. He goes, and he's not going to be here this year. We know that. Do you agree with it? Was it, was it tough? Did that, did that, was that a factor at all in kind of how things went? I don't think it was a factor. You always love him around. It yeah. wasn't a factor. The fact that you get it so late. Yeah. We were like two weeks away from the draft. So <laughs> like the hay was in the barn. Yeah. The system was set. You the coaching hire, staff was you, set. The coaching staff was set. The players were practically set because you brought them back. You went through so, free agency. Yeah. yeah, so there was hard to, and then everybody was so accustomed to the routine was set for the most part. So That's right. It's hard to just flip that. Uh-huh. When you got the draft right there, and then you're going on vacation right there, and then come back and be any different. Yeah. Everybody's like, hey, this formula worked for us. Why, are, Why we, are we changing it? So yeah. you try to keep it and tweak it as you go. But as you go, you f- figure out that we have a lot of guys not practicing and just playing on Sunday. That's right. That's right. And because we're older. Older, and yeah. You yeah. can't plan practice on Sunday. Yeah. So. You know, some of it was necessary. Some of it was out of necessity. Mm-hmm. So this year, you get a chance to rebuild the culture and the chemistry and kind of get it right. And you understand, even if you were coaches a long time, sometimes you agree to disagree. Yeah. And that happens, too. So I got a chance to do that this year where I could do 
Last year, I'm like, hey. You got this. This is your hand. Make yeah, the, here's the ingredients. Make the, make the, you know, make the, all the outside forces that came with it after that, you were kind of handcuffed a little yeah, bit. So, yeah. You know, but, you know, it's part, you, you come with it. Well, and how do you, how do you look at the season? Because on the one hand, you won a division title, you made the playoffs. Uh, there's only seven banners in that building over there. On the other hand, Tom Brady had his first losing record, and he, and he lost handily in the in the playoffs. So yeah, we could have won the last game if we don't take those guys of course, out. But of course, we we won the division. That's number one. Yeah, uh, we didn't lose. We didn't play very well in the playoff game. Yeah, uh, we were kind of maxed out as a team. Mm-hmm. I thought we were maxed out as a mm-hmm. team. I'm all honesty. We were winning. Even the year before Bruce left, we went off of talent. We didn't really win off of. Yeah, it was just out there. We just won off of talent, and everybody was kind of. And even last year, five comeback wins, right yeah. in the fourth quarter or yeah. later. And we and we blew about four games, <laughs> you know, that we should have won. Yeah. So, but we won the division, and that's always the first thing, and that's always the number one goal. You can't advance if you don't get in. Right. You know, so once you get in, then you work on advancing. Mm. When we got in, we were probably maxed out. Yeah, yeah. We were maxed struggled out. just to get there. That's exactly right. Yeah. We were maxed out, and you see that you had to get younger. Yeah. And you see that you had to revamp, and you see that you had to make some changes. And in the off season, that's what I did. You have a history with Baker Mayfield, at least in that you had to evaluate him with the Jets, and so you knew him coming in. His Nobody's journey always goes the way you want it to, but but what is it that you knew about Baker, and what do you know more about him now that makes him give give you guys a good op- chance with with Dave, with what you're trying to do that 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 you feel you feel really good about him right now? I thought he had a lot of moxie back when I went to visit Oklahoma with the Jets. Sure, we really somehow we clicked. I don't know. We had the personality wise. Personality wise, his was more bravado, and mine was more sarcastic. Although laid back and sarcastic, <laughs> it was the same bravado yeah. as his. Yeah. And I went back and played, and you know, other guys may have had better arms and certain, but he was the only one that had the demeanor to fit New York City. Yeah. And you gotta be a different guy. You do, yeah. Mm -hmm. He was the only one that had that demeanor, and I really liked that about him. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the intangible that the quarterback gets overlooked. The moxie. Oh the yeah! Gathering of the guys—they got to follow him, him, right? Him and they—they're gonna—they were—they were gonna follow him, you know. And Cleveland, he had some success. Anytime you're number one pick, you're gonna have Rivaldo. There's yeah. no way around it. You're yeah. gonna have Rivaldo, and I don't know most good players that don't have. But it, this so. guy walked on at Texas Tech, won the job. Walked on at Oklahoma, on, won the job. That's a lot about his work ethic and his toughness. Yeah. You know, he was never given anything, so I know he wasn't gonna quit. Yeah. And then after what he went through in Cleveland, ups and downs. Right. And this league, you get home at some point. Yeah. You, know, you come back or you don't. You or get humbled at some point. Yeah. So he's done it and he's had it. Mm-hmm. And we really like that part about him. And we're not asking Baker to build the car. We just ask him to drive, drive the it. car. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, and I, and I always talk to him about that all the time. It's not there. Throw it to him. Some guys get paid money to catch and run, too. Yeah. A 20 yard game, whether you throw it 20 or whether you throw it three and he runs 17, it's 20 yards. Yeah. So. He understands that, and I think over the years he's gotten smarter, as you should when you're in this league, and he's he's understanding of the game a lot more and more appreciative, and I think he's grateful for the opportunity 
I'm excited to see him play. And it seems like a good marriage with what Dave wants to do, what you want to do, and what Baker does with, with the zone, it's, it's zone, zone runs, the bootlegs, the waggles, and throwing off platform. And all. This offense fits him perfect. He's yeah. not really a straight drop back pocket pass. So right. You can't sit him back there like we did Tom. It's yeah. a different guy. Yeah, yeah. And you got to know that as a coach. And I think he fits where our staff does very well, as does Kyle. So, you know, we're excited about that. Yeah. What kind of team do you think you have? I mean, do you look at the division? Do you look at, like, okay, we got to take care of business first here? There's a young quarterback in Carolina. There's a new quarterback in, in New Orleans that everybody knows. There's a young guy in Atlanta. Like, you're not conceding anything with these. You're two-time no, division champion. You always but. look at who your division gets. Right. Because you have to. Because that's, that's who you're playing. You have to play. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to look at yourself first. And we have, like, we, we could have, oof. Maybe up to 13, 14 rookies make this team. I think so. Not yeah. even counting the first year guys from last year. But they're but they're good players. Like yes, this they is are. the thing. Yes, like this, I've been no, I've done this are. a while, and they I look really and I go, are. man, the they undrafted really guys, the drafted guys, they really are. And the new creation additions. So you're all twenty plus guys yeah. right now. Typically, yeah. it's around 14, 14 maybe 15, yeah. 15. On a good year, seventeen. We're twenty plus. Yeah. And you, that's like half your roster, half your roster, and they are good players, but you got to give them experience, and you got to give them as many situations and as, many, as much teaching as possible. We feel great about them, and we're not conceding anything, but there's a lot of teaching that we have to do to make sure they're ready to play yeah. once that starts. So the play time is invaluable for those guys. I know everybody thinks we're resting the stars, but we're getting guys ready experience, to play. Experience, yeah. We're getting guys ready, and we're moving them around, and we're putting them in situations, and they're learning experiences to help us during the season, not to just Cause you're get counting through on the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you stick them in the fire, and you let them go. Yeah. And then you, you play the division. We're always cognizant of what everybody does. Yeah. Until you play them, and when you play them, whether it's injuries or whatever the case happens to your team or another team, you deal with them as they come. You, yeah. You build for the division, and you can win that, and then you deal with the playoffs. Yeah. You uh, wanted to run the ball more last year. You have a guy that's going to run it, I think, this year. Um, did you feel like you set the med? Like, because I, 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 I'm not ever been a head coach, but like. I know you've been a coordinator, but my thing would be like, okay, if we're not running the ball, damn it, I'm the head coach. I'm going to tell the guy, we're running the ball here. Now, maybe you did that. I don't know. But, like, you cleared out your offensive staff, and I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. We'll see. But were you assertive enough in terms of, like, you got what you wanted, or, or was there more that you felt like I just didn't didn't hold enough people accountable? or You know I what thought, I mean? Like, I thought I held everybody accountable. It, it's hard to change you've been in that system your whole life. It's what you know, right? And that is what you know. And it's what we won with. Right. In the past. Yeah. You know, and I'm that's how your personnel was built. Right. And that's how it was built. Bruce was one of the X factors that he knew the tweaks and he knew the Yeah. And the levers to pull. Right. He knew when to change and when not to change because he's a very bright guy. Yeah. And and our offensive staff was better. They knew the system inside out. Yeah. We didn't tweak it when we needed to tweak it. And mm-hmm. that became a problem, man. No matter how forceful you try to be, sometimes it just doesn't if that's all you know, 
What, what you, do I go to? What, what card you, am I pulling out of the deck? What are you going to, I mean, I can't, I can't be an offensive coordinator. Right. Everybody thinks I can be. <laughs> right, right. I know offense from a defensive standpoint. standpoint yeah. I can't sit up there and say, run this play. Chris, run this protection, do this, do that. That, that would be asinine of me to do. Yeah. Do I know protections? Yes. Yeah. Do I know routes? Yes. Do I know offense? What I know schemes and what people do? Yeah. Yes. But that takes away from so much of what I supposedly am trying to be good at. Right. And, you know, you have to be a head coach and let your coaches coach. And Bruce always taught me that, too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes... And you've been a coordinator as well where you're like, I don't want the head coach helicoptering me either, right? That's exactly right. And that doesn't make for a good staff to browbeat, but you get your point across. And Mm -hmm. you get it across to the point where... It just can't come across anymore. Yeah. And then either happens or it doesn't. And you either make changes or you don't. Yeah. You know, and I made changes. Yeah. That's no. Kind of how it that makes sense. You had Larry Foot call one game, Casey another game. Who's get this? Do you get this one or? I'm debating on calling this one. I need to call <laughs> a little more to get <laughs> I have been calling some practices when we script them. I script them, yeah. which wasn't a whole bunch of them, but I have had my calls in practice, and yeah. I may I may end up calling this one just not to rust get, off a little bit, a little bit, a lot of bit. <laughs> you know, I thought both of them did a great job, and at some point soon, maybe I could turn it over. Really? Yeah. Wow. Maybe not then. Maybe it's the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure at what point. You won't set a a landmark for that. I got used to my system when I do call it, so I can can handle it because I've been doing it. So it's okay. I mean, I'm fine with it. But having them call it gives me more help on the sideline when they see things and I see it differently. And it it opens their eyes to more stuff that they can help assist me on the side. Does it help you look at the – I mean, you're a defensive call, play caller and a head coach. So can you – if you're not calling it, do you see more things? Do you, do you manage things on the sideline better? Like, I don't know what – you're still on the headset. You're still, you're like, still hearing it. You try to see what they're saying and you see what you're saying. You're trying to help them, right, basically. You, you let them, but you let them call it. You yeah, don't try yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't overstand You turn it over. You, don't. You, you let them call it. I, 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 let, I might say one or two things and I let them call it mm. because they can't get better if they don't see it. And it helps because we all call it differently. Yeah. We all call it differently. So even if you're looking at the preseason, first game we was this, second game was that, third game we could be this. You really don't know because you don't know who's calling it all the time. And it, it does look different when we call it. Yeah. You met with Devin White. Uh, we all know where that you know, kind of went sideways and young guys in social media and they want to be traded and all that. We came, flew in here before the owners' meetings and you and Jason sat down with him. What was it you said to him to turn him, to make him feel like, all right, I got it now. I'm 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 gonna play have play my ass off, have the best year I can, and, and see what happens. Like what what was your message as a head coach? Just tell the truth, you know. Yeah. Every there's a lot of guys that play their fifth year option. Right. You know, and that that's some kind of we just had to get rid of sixty five million dollars. How can we yeah. go back yeah. and yeah? How can we go back and disperse what we had to get rid of to get under the cap? Yeah. Number one, but the reality of your situation. Yes. Make them understand that. You know, a lot of people playing their fifth year. It's not a slap in the face. It's it's when you get drafted in the top from the first round. That's you get that's what comes with. The second round, you get four years. Yeah. You know, but it also comes with eleven point three million dollars. 
yeah. As as Larry said, yeah. champagne problems, right? And the market changes all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, just I understand his point, but he wasn't disrespectful or anything like that. That was a real bright guy. Yeah. He's one of the best leaders we have on the team, and he works hard every day. It's like he couldn't understand it at the time, yeah. you know, and just got to play your way through and go from there. Like, somebody's going to be paying you. Yeah. Us, we're yeah. To yeah. You do your job, it'll happen. You do your job, it takes care of itself. And that's, that's you know, everybody, you can't look at another person's situation and put yourself in it. You know, in life or in football. That's right. You just can't. And, you know, we know, we told him how much we love them and we want them here and everything else. And that's really all you can do. He seems like he's in a really good headspace. He's in a great headspace. Yeah. Dan has always been great. He yeah. Oh, he's one of the few guys that practices every day, he practices loves, hard, yeah, works never hard. misses anything and works his tail off. He's not a prima donna. No. He's a, he is a hard worker. He comes to work every day. I can never say since he's been here, that he's had a day off from yeah. work where he just had to come and play. He'll try to practice with sore hamstrings or whatever the case may be. Yeah. He comes to work, and you can appreciate that. Yeah, no, he has that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Always great to sit down with Coach. He's always straightforward. Uh, Loved the interview, and I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. Hopefully we'll do more of those uh, throughout the season, uh, not just with Todd, but with other folks as well. Hey, we did have uh, one mailbag question we'll get to, and I'll tell you how to submit more here in just a second. Steve, what we got? Well, Jeff had uh, emailed you. says, Rick, mm-hmm. I try to stay positive with the Bucks this season, but with questions at every position, including head coach, no cap space, why not call it a rebuild and aim for a top two pick like the Rams and Cards? Well, here's the problem with it is it, it's hard to tell guys who feed their family. Um, you can call it whatever you want. In general, the NFL doesn't like the word rebuild because it's hard to sell tickets that way, right? You're still trying to attract customers. And let's face it, hope springs eternal in the NFL. Everybody's O and O. You have the salary cap. You have you know the draft. Uh, it, it's it's a competitive balance system allegedly, and yet you're right. Uh, the Bucks were way over the cap. They couldn't bid on free agents. They managed to re-sign Jamal Dean and and some of their own. But um, there's still pieces here, and like we just said, they're not going to concede anything. Now, when you get into the season. It, it may change, right, uh, based on circumstances. Uh, if it looks like you're not competitive and you're not going to win a division or whenever that time comes that you're eliminated, uh, you're very well within your rights as an organization to say, we're going to find out what we have in Kyle Trask. We're going to find out what we have in Sean Tucker. We're going to find out what we, you know, and so on. Trey Palmer. Um, you're well, As an organization, you're well within your rights to do that. Now, I always say this. I think fans will buy in if they know what the plan is, right? If they can see it, feel it, smell it, touch, touch it. But you can't sell a product in the National Football League. And this is why the NBA went to a lottery system. And, and maybe, the, maybe the NFL will one day too. Is that you can't 
you can't sell a product if you think that one or anybody is doing less than everything they can do to win games. And if you recall, you know, there's a lawsuit that I still don't know that's been settled by a former Miami head coach uh, who, who once alleged that he was offered $100,000 for every loss towards the end of the year. Now, you know, it's a little like a few good men, which I refer to often because it applies to everything. Uh, and that is, you ask me if teams tank now and then, you know, on the record, I'll tell you it's discouraged by every, you know, commissioner and you can get in a lot of trouble off the record. I'll tell you, it's a valuable way of re rebranding and, and finding a quarterback for your franchise. And this is a great quarterback class, not a good one, an outstanding one. Um, but in, in September, when you've got 25 or 30 families of, of assistant coaches whose kids are going to school, who would like to know where they're going to be next year, um, you can't – now you have a conspiracy, right? Now you'd have to say, hey, hey, guys, I'll guarantee you we're back next year, but we're going 2-14. and 14. Can't do it. Can't have it. Doesn't work that way. If you get if you find yourself in that position though towards towards the end of December, yeah, you might empty your bench. I saw Lovey Smith do it in the second half against New Orleans, and that's how he got Jameis Winston. Was guaranteed no worse than the second overall pick. No, no, no. He wanted the first. Yanked out Mike Evans, yanked uh, put in rookie corners and and everything else. And uh you know, managed to lose a game that they needed to lose. But that that was the last game, the last half of the last game. You know, that wasn't week one, two, three, eight, twelve. And so I, I just think, you know, the integrity of the game is all any sports league has. And without that, those guys in Vegas, they're out of business. And they don't want to be out of business. <laughs> so uh gambling is is the lifeblood of sports, particularly the NFL, so much so that they're partners for DraftKings and things like that. So you have to have integrity in your results. And and I know what you're saying. It sounds, hey, let's just tank, you know, and maybe it'll come to that. But that's not a plan, and it's one that will get you suspended, fined, and begin to destroy your league. I mean, look what – this isn't the same thing necessarily, but just look what the penalties are for these players – some of which have gambled not on football but on other sports in the facility when it's not allowed. So, like I said, does it occur on some level? Maybe. The owners aren't going to mandate it. Now, now what you see, and and we'll see what happens this year with the Bucks. but you'll see teams that say, yeah, we're not spending on free agents this year. And, I, I, and there's a lot of that going on with Tampa right now. Could they have done more? Yeah, they could have. But they decided not to. And I think a lot of it is because they paid an enormous price for Tom Brady the last three years and for all of Tom Brady's, you know, tools and, and, and players that he played with. And a lot of cash went out of the building, and they want it back. And I, I, it's a business, and I think that's part of it too. You know, you, you need a reset, not just from the salary cap standpoint, but, you know, you, you spent a lot of money. So the time now is, is to, to put that back. It may wind up that they don't have a good record and that, in fact, you know, they find themselves. I'm just telling you right now, having talked to Todd like I just did, 
those men are very competitive. That's why they're in sports. They want to win. And you're not going to tell them they can't win. And they're going to do everything they can to, to put out the best product they can um, and let the chips fall where they may. So I, I don't think that's an option as much as it, as it may uh, sound like a good plan. It's not their plan, at least right now. Like I said, we get to week 17, 16, <laughs> we'll see what the lineup looks like. But, uh, but that's not the plan. Hey, if you want to submit your mailbag questions, you can do that by sending them to us uh, on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. That's actually not Twitter anymore. i got to change that. At what X. are we calling it now? X. At X. Yeah. Post it. Post to yeah. us or whatever it's yeah. called now. Yeah. Post it, yeah, to us at X at Sports Day TB. You can reach me on Twitter at here we go. You can reach me on X at NFL Stroud or my email address, that hasn't changed, is rstroud at tampabay.com. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Todd Bowles. My thanks to him. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 